0: Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. For the great people of Northern British Columbia, calculating the economic impact of the Wet'suwet'en pipeline protests is just another exercise in a long, treacherous battle with radical environmentalists hell-bent on destroying the resource economy. And the battle has taken its toll. What the protesters want is to level, and not just level the playing field, but to level results. To achieve leveling, activists thwart multi-billion dollar resource projects through obstinacy and militancy. They strangle resource development at the local level, destroying family and community throughout. Joining us today on RegWatch to discuss the impact of these protests is Dave Johnston, founder of The North Matters, a pro-resources grassroots advocacy group that promotes unity and action in solidarity with BC's resource citizens. Dave, thanks for coming on RegWatch.
1: I really appreciate you having me on today, Brent.
0: Well, we're speaking to you live from Kitimat in Northern BC, which is certainly a part of the epicenter of all the resource
1: troubles in the province. Our resource industries are under attack. We decided to start a volunteer group uh, because we heard there were a lot of uh, different issues going on with uh, LNG Canada in, in getting their project over the finish line.
0: Most of our viewers already know there was a breakthrough in the talks today between the Wet'suwet'en and provincial and federal negotiators. We want to thank uh, Denise uh, Wass and uh, really all the Denise Sakase uh, Sake people. Uh, this has been um, a real um, learning. Uh, Wagoose well, is uh, about, uh, about respect, and it is about making sure, as Chief Was said, that this never happens again. Um, that the rights holders uh, um, and will will always be at the table, and uh, and and that is the way through for for Canada. Um, if we continue to to move on what the prime minister has said on the recognition of rights, respect, cooperation, and partnership and that's the way forward.
1: The only conclusion I can draw from this, since we don't have information on the details of what this agreement entails and that it'll be discussed within the Wet'suwet'en Nation between the clans, I think that that, from what I can judge from that, it seems like it is a very positive thing, a very positive step forward. Uh, Up until this point, it seems as if there's been uh, one group from the Wet'suwet'en who have been going at this alone, and nobody else's voice has been has been covered or or talked about. How do you mean uh, by so, that? Do you mean
0: do you mean other First Nations, or do you mean other Canadians?
1: No, I mean uh, Wet'suwet'en members within the nation uh, seem to have been muzzled from from getting their point out. You know whether they whether they support it or not. The fact that these chiefs are now including the entire nation in this discussion and going and getting their opinion on whatever this agreement says, to me is a positive thing because it really does start with that dialogue within the nation without any outside influence. All these protests should stop now, you know? Just like Coastal GasLink stopped, the RCMP stopped to give them time to talk about this, they have come to an agreement I think it's time for all these extremists and people that are breaking the law across Canada to also stop and give this nation some time to heal and, and heal amongst each other and talk amongst each other and not be involved and, and not stick their, their hands into it. I mean, there's a lot of these groups who are fundraising for themselves on behalf of the Wet Soda Nation when we don't even understand how many of them support it and how many don't support it. Is this really likely to end?
0: I mean, how could it end? I mean, as, as it, all revolutionaries will say, it's never about the, the
1: issue. It's always about the revolution. It kind of makes you wonder, where is this all coming from? And why is this region targeted? I mean, if you look at the Lower Mainland, they're they're a resource-built city. They, they, they're a resource community. They were built on resources. And it's our turn now in the North to have those same opportunities, but it seems like we're being targeted. You just got to shake your head and go, how
0: many projects have been lost over the decades? Certainly in the last 10, 15 years. And then with the tech uh, announcement, I know that's Alberta, but I mean, we're talking about Canada's resource sector here. I mean, how, how much has been lost?
1: What we do know is... Uh, we were really close to having an LNG uh, export facility built in Prince Rupert and they had oh, you know, a, a lot of support, I would almost say overwhelming support, but the silent or the uh, loud minority seemed to get all the attention of, of media and government and the silent majority just stood back and let it happen. And that could be a, a contributing factor to why people in our community wanted to volunteer, uh, stand up and start getting involved because we don't wanna see the same thing happening to the LNG Canada project.
0: So when you say silent majority, I mean, is it apathy or is it fear?
1: I think it's a little bit of fear. Uh, there are Intimidation tactics are one of the main tactics that uh, these extreme. Uh, and let's just get one thing clear: there are a lot of environmental groups out there that do do good things, uh, but there are a lot out there based out of, you know, whether it be Vancouver or other major cities, uh, who seem to not actually do any physical work when it comes to, uh, you know, improving. Uh, fish returns in rivers or doing bird counts. But we have a lot of these outside groups based in city centers who come into our communities with the intention of just shutting down uh, proposed projects with no other explanation other than just blanket statements, you know, that it's going to destroy the water, it's going to destroy the air, but they don't have any substantial, they just stir up emotions. And, and try to get people to uh, react emotionally, which causes division and causes polarization and brings all these negative effects into our communities. The victims of this game that these uh, extreme environmentalists are playing are all the community members. And that's the, what we're trying to get out that The information that they're putting out, in the most part, is disinformation. So, I mean, we've had uh, the Wilderness Committee send, and they've sent these flyers, and they're just propaganda flyers, up to every house in Kitimat. They've mailed them out. I don't know how they get so much money to do this kind of stuff, but uh, they sent out these propaganda flyers that was just riddled with disinformation about fracking and pipelines and uh, LNG carriers. It was just riddled with disinformation. And that's what they do. They, They try to mislead the public and lie and deceive the public to get whatever political outcome that they're trying to get. And we need people to start waking up and realize what's And realizing what's happening and that they're being deceived they're being duped they're being taken advantage of people that get behind these types of groups they're being lied to and they need to start realizing that and they need to realize that you know they need to start looking out for their neighbors they need to start looking out for their family and friends not these not backing these groups that are uh, furthering the benefit of other countries when when these industries divest from Canada, they're going to another country to do the exact same thing. But in most cases, they're not doing it as well as we do, and they're not taking as good care of the environment as we do. That's kind of why we started The North Matters, is because we want to show people exactly how easy it is and what they can do to actually start standing up for the communities and uh, fighting back against these, I'll say, radicals that want to destroy our way of life. And it's not just US radicals, Dave, it's Canadian radicals.
0: It's it's our own. It's our own
1: citizens, our own fellow neighbors. Right. So getting cutting through all the disinformation and the Disney like presentations. uh, That's kind of what we want to do, but we want to give people the opportunity to make a stand in their community and make a stand for their, their kids and their kids' kids, of uh, being able to stand up to these this disinformation that's being fed into their community and, and stand up and say, no, that's wrong. You know, we're gonna stand up and we're gonna call this out. We're gonna make a presentation to our uh, municipal council. We're gonna write an op-ed. We're gonna do a put on a information event, local community information event I mean, this thing is metastasized to just
0: shutting down, you know, a, a, a run a river dam or something like that. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're at the part here now where nobody could credibly say that you could build any project of scale in Canada. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that, that is like, we're gonna turn into Venezuela here.
1: Yeah, or worse. And, you know, I kind of, I have to shake my head when I hear the, the types of solutions uh, from these groups that are trying to shut everything down. You know, that we need to uh, expand our tourism industry and we can survive off tourism. Well, I would challenge you to show me one country in the world that relies solely on tourism that isn't a third world country. It moves from one campaign to another and it's all the same groups involved. So if you look at uh, the Bill C-48, Bill Mm C-69... It was all these groups. were focusing 100% attention on that, but at the same time, they're so advanced over the last 35 years in their strategy and ways to infiltrate into government and into uh, First Nations communities, and hold them down in poverty and and uh, you know, run with policies in government that hurt our communities for the group of people who like
0: to get all their you know buns in a knot over uh, foreign influence uh in say the u.s political election when they don't even live in the u.s uh they should be really concerned about this kind of influence in canada and uh because really they they're taking the decision making ability away from canadians by supporting this kind of misinformation for the lack of a
1: better word. Now that the hereditary Chiefs are speaking with their community and trying to heal their community and give people in their community a voice that they haven't had for so long, and that's happening right now. If this other stuff continues, we understand that it's not about the hereditary Chiefs. There's a bigger issue here. There's a bigger thing going on. And I guarantee you all those groups who are involved in it, Sierra Club, Wilderness Committee, uh, West Coast Environmental Law, uh, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. You know, all these different groups who are involved in this right now and uh, weighing in and sticking their nose in and fundraising uh, for their own gain. Watch what happens when that campaign dies down. Watch where they all go, because they'll all go to the next thing. And that's my prediction, is it's the land-use stuff in the interior. The North Matters is uh, nonpartisan and we try to stay away from Uh, The politics of everything and focus on policy for our communities, what policies are are going to best build up and help and uh, sustain our communities. But my own personal view is that there's been a complete uh, departure from leadership in our country. You're just not seeing any kind of leadership. You know lawlessness and you know a small handful of people seems to be running the country right now and what about the uh you know issue with rcmp getting
0: forced you know out of the lands as a part of the bargaining tactics
1: well that's scary too you know we're a country of the rule of law and the bc supreme court um served an injunction and uh, for this company that has crossed all its T's and dotted all its I's and had support of all 21st nations, all municipal elected officials, all provincial elected officials, all federal elected officials. It had support from everyone that represents the nation and it seems you know a few, a few people who oppose it are now the talk of every single a local, provincial, federal uh, media outlet. And for the RCMP to have to leave from doing their job, which is uphold the rule of law in our country, speaks volumes to the lack of leadership. True reconciliation is working together and sharing what we have. For the betterment of our communities and the healing of our society and our and and our neighbors and our friends, we need to start learning how to work together and stop groundstanding on different claims or uh, different racial positions or you know any of these types of positions. It it should just be dropped, you know we need to start talking about healing. You know, this this is a, a nation that we're talking about, the Wet Soda Nation, that's uh, torn apart. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are at fault for that. There's the government, there's these Angos, there's industry, there's, uh, you know, locals, there's a lot of uh, different people. But what needs to happen for true reconciliation to, to start happening is the conversation needs to change.